This is Tim Beck, head coach of Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Shout out to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It's kind of a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Welcome back. It's another edition, another lights out all-star edition of Fun Belt Podcast. My name's Jeremy Harper. I'm with HowRazor.com. He's Shane Metlin from the uh, Daily News Record. That's correct. Ah, yes! <laughs> I tell you, this is a streak for me. And with me to my left is is, uh, is uh, Thibodeau <laughs> from the Warhawk Report. Tibbs, what the hell? How's things been going? It's been like two weeks since we last talked. And what has happened since? Oh, you know, just winning the Sunbelt Conference Championship in golf, going to the NCAA Regionals as an 11 seed, yeah. finishing in a, as a 10. <laughs> yeah. So things are looking up. Um, we don't discuss baseball. And softball is <laughs> in the quarterfinals against the Raging Cajuns, currently tied one-to-one in the third inning as we record this on Thursday night. Top-seeded Raging Cajuns. ULM heroically, the heroic Warhawks battling the, the juggernaut that is the Cajuns tonight, one to one. The winner gets to the finals, right? That's it's is it the finals or the quarterfinals? Uh, that would put you in the semifinals if you're in the semifinals. quarterfinals now. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I can't do math, but that's a pretty that's that's not bad. It's not a bad run now for the Warhawks with golf. And that was softball. Yeah, baseball sucks. I think baseball right now, I think you're with the Red Wolves as one of those teams kind of looking in, right? With the mathematically eliminated. We will oh, not be headed to Montgomery. Okay. But not but not the Dukes, right, Shane? No, they are right in the thick of that jam pack <laughs> yes. middle of the pack. Uh in the in the Sun Belt. It's uh there let's let's count this up. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams between 11 and 13 and 12 and 10 right now. That depending on how the yeah. next few series go, could all be in and out of the conference tournament. It is all and, and, punched up. And out of those 14 teams, it's a 12-team race for the top 10 spots because ULM, Marshall, out. Arkansas State could make it. Georgia State could make it. Yep. But that's where we are. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. But right now, it's the ladies taking the diamond. Shane, you you keep up with the softball landscape. Am I correct? You, 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 you've got your fingers on this pulse, right? A bit. Have we seen any surprises? I mean, uh, ULM is kind of a surprise. But have we yeah. seen any I haven't seen any huge surprises yet. I mean, if ULM pulls it off, that obviously would be um, be a pretty huge one. But uh, so far, I mean, I'd have to even check the bracket, but I think it's pretty much gone in chalk so far. Uh, Coastal yeah. Carolina beat Marshall, I think, was our biggest upset so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a big upset. And Southern Miss, aren't they? Are they, they're, are they in it still? 
I don't think Southern Miss is in it anymore, right? Who beat Southern no, Miss? No, they. Yeah, they, they lost first round to Coastal. Okay. And actually, I, I I I sit here corrected that Marshall did beat Coastal Carolina two to one. Ah, I see. So it was Coastal upsetting Southern Miss. Oh wait, no, Southern Miss is a number ten seed. My bad. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I can't read. This is so far. This has not been a good episode. And it's because I can't read the damn bracket for the Sun Belt softball tournament. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm the weak link tonight. You guys are going to have to carry me. Welcome. <laughs> I, 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 actually, the, the the only real upset was a five over four. Texas State beat Troy today, three nothing. I, I, I think the, the, the Raging Cages and, and Warhawks, I think if ULM can pull that, that win off, that is the uh, the major upset of the tournament. I still really like uh, Marshall in in the finals. Texas State, though, I think still got a chance to make some noise. Let, let me ask you guys this, because you guys are, are you know, Arkansas State doesn't have a softball program, so I don't pay as much attention as as, as you two likely do. But does some does the Sun Belt have an opportunity to put more than one program into the NCAA tournament this year? In the tournament, yes. I I could see the Cajuns going regardless. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that they have to get at least into the championship game. They don't necessarily have to win the championship, but get to the championship game. And they could be a two, maybe even still good enough to host. And then I think Texas State still has a chance to get in, but they would have to get past the Cajuns to get to the championship game and probably win it all to be able to make it in. I see. That would be interesting. So yeah, I'd even throw it to South Alabama in the mix there. They're um, they're right there, right there below Texas State RPI wise. Um, so if they're in a championship game or even maybe even get a big win against Louisiana, that might bump them up into a potential. I guess if they beat Louisiana, they're probably getting the automatic bid. I have to recheck the bracket, but I think it's those three teams are probably the ones that maybe have a chance to uh, to get in even if they don't win it. So the semifinals, that's tomorrow. Game starting at 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock. And then the championship Saturday. You guys going to be watching on Saturday? Uh, uh, depends on who it is. I mean, obviously, if the Warhawks okay. are there, I, I would <laughs> take it in. Um, but if Viva La Cats are there, I'd, I'd probably take that in as well. Um Throughout the option of possibly going to Lafayette for that championship game, but but uh, wow. nothing official yet. I think I, I, I'm going to try to watch it. I, I'm going to have some family over. You know, it's Mother Day Mother's Day weekend, so it, it's I'm, I'm having like the mother in law over, and that that's always a wrinkle because you never know when you're going to be be like grabbed to go like antique shopping or maybe for a brunch, or maybe you just want to get out of the house and maybe mow the grass. So I don't know. I don't know when I'll be able to catch this game. I, I hope to catch the game. Shane, you're going to watch the game. You're a reporter, right? This is your uh, business. Yeah, but I might be coaching some of my kids' activities Saturday. So uh, I'm not sure how much time I'll get to watch anything on TV. Shane, what do you coach? Lacrosse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Women's lacrosse? Is it your – Yeah, is it, girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, nice. the – I'm sort of involved with the the young, young kids where it's co-ed, uh-huh. kind of a mixture of boys and girls rules. And then um, 
more involved with some middle school girls who are kind of learning the women's rules and everything. So it's it's interesting. You know what I, I was talking about? I'm talking about watching the softball game. My youngest son is competing in the state championship for lacrosse. There you go. In Arkansas. So it's it's we're playing on Saturday semifinals. And then uh, if we win, you know, it's the finals on Sunday. So uh, we're pretty excited. But, man, I can tell you what, Shane, I've been watching lacrosse now for six years, maybe seven years. And I still don't fully understand the game. I am still, you know, kind of learning and trying to figure it out. But I do love watching it. I love watching the game. It's it's outstanding. Tibbs, have you ever coached like a a kid's or youth program? Coach soccer, baseball, basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, were you good at those things? Were you were you a good coach? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I, I I had lofty yeah. expectations and 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 mentality of try. Uh huh. If you try, you're better than half of the kids out here already. Ooh, that's a good that's a good philosophy. I like that. You know, I I I got pressed into coaching uh, like seven-year-old soccer, maybe a six-year-old soccer. I don't know how it happened. I know nothing about soccer. What I know about lacrosse is like a million times more than I know about soccer. So that gives you an idea. And I think at the end of it, I had half the parents that just hated my guts. (laughs) Because I didn't really teach the kids anything. (laughs) We go out to practice. We're just kind of smacking the ball around. I didn't know the rules I didn't know anything. So I gained a huge respect for guys like you, Tibbs, and guys like you, Shane, who take time out of your schedules to, to undertake that big responsibility. Because it's not it, it's not the kids that are the pains in the ass. It's always it's the parents. The parents. <laughs> for sure. Uh Shane, I don't know if you've if you've if you've endured the 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 parents or not, but uh it's it can be rough. Yeah, not yet, not not in this. I've uh, I've coached when I was younger and didn't even have kids yet. I, I was still in high school. I coached like a coach pitch baseball, <laughs> um, volunteered to do that. That that was where you got some uh, some rough parents. But lacrosse oh. is so new around here that the parents maybe don't even know enough to like get on the coaches. <laughs> like, to be perfectly honest with you, and we've got just enough to play. So like, it's not like. Um, they're begging for playing time. They're begging to come out sometimes, like instead of the opposite. So, coach, I need a breather. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have the parent coming out. My my son needs to be the captain. Or no. here, here, I've got I've put up some I've drawn up some defensive schemes for you to try. None of that. No. no. Give us give it a couple of years, maybe when uh, this program takes off, and we'll see. Uh... <laughs> well, what's funny about you know lacrosse in Arkansas? I say we're in the the championships. There's only there's only really about eight viable lacrosse programs in the entire state of Arkansas. So four have, have made it into the finals, and one of it is, is our program. But it, it's kind of nice that you can see the sport growing, and it's growing to the point where the parents are becoming more and more obnoxious. You know, like like when I first started watching, everybody's just happy to be there. You know, yeah. kind of like how you're saying, oh, we don't know enough to be angry about anything. Now you got parents kind of getting onto the reps. Now we've got parents kind of griping about where their son lives in the orbit of the team. 
you know, just just all these things. You could you could see it growing. It's almost like that's part of the maturation of a program is you go from just happy to be there to now, all right, now all of us parents are complete assholes about it. Yeah. It's 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 kind of crazy around here because it's um, you know, there's college lacrosse, but there's yeah. not high school lacrosse around here. And it's wow. you know, other than you know, some of these like club little clubs and stuff, and it's you know, within my house, within 45 minute drive of my house, there's I think four college coaches that are like just shoe-ins to make the hall of fame when they're done. <laughs> yeah. And yet like people like, you know, watching their kids play, like have no idea, like what the game is at this point. It's a, it's, it's really kind of a, a crossroads as far as like getting the sport going. Down yeah. There. I'm a little surprised. I figured out East, like everybody's playing lacrosse. It's in, it's in the, like, you know, the suburbs and the cities and stuff, but um, here in the mountains in the rural farmlands it's uh <laughs> it, it's you know kind of taken off but it's it's an effort to kind of get people playing the game here tibbs when you were growing up when you were a high school kid where did soccer lie in the spectrum of high school sports uh it was fairly big because auburn you know definitely had a big international draw and so there was uh, a lot more presence of it than most people would would have experienced, especially in uh, Memphis. Well, that well, I grew up in Arkansas. Oh, and, well, even worse. Yes, and the present that actually Memphis has a pretty good soccer community. Arkansas, where I grew up, like if I had said I played soccer, it would be like, oh, I I do like log rolling, or or something. It was like that exotic. Nobody did soccer, and that was like a mystery. Now everybody does soccer. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch that evolve, too. But we're getting way off the sunbelt, guys. And it's my fault. Once again, I am the weak link. <laughs> I'm the guy dragging us away from the agenda. Dusty, you're supposed to be the guy that keeps us on track. You're, the, like, you're like the, the, the glue. You're the super glue that prevents us from falling off the table. And here we are, scattered on the ground like Legos, and we're just stepping all over them. Come on, Tibbs. Help us get back on track. Men's basketball schedule starting to take shape. Oh, interesting. The Auburn Tigers with Bruce Pearl will host a pair of Sunbelt Conference opponents. Actually, Auburn will go to Appalachian State. And no kidding. They will go to Hotlanta to face Georgia State. Wow. Now, I, I forget, has Georgia State opened their new basketball arena? Right? They did this past year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not like an inaugural thing where they're kicking it off that way. Okay, all right, all right. Well, that's really cool. That's pretty sharp. I'm looking forward to I think to the, the bigger games to kind of circle. Yep. The Raging Cajuns. Ooh. They're going to have a home-and-home home with McNeese, <laughs> okay. who now has Will Wade, the former LSU coach. All right. They go to Louisiana Tech. Uh, your arch enemy. The the arch enemy. And so I think that those games are important because that's really going to set the precedent for how good this team is. Because Will Wade's out recruiting his ass off to get this Cowboys team back up and running. Right. So we're going to see pretty early on just how good these rage occasions are. All right. Well, good. Good. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I think we're all looking forward. Shane made us feel like Sunbelt basketball was 
just about to break from its cocoon. Didn't Shane make us feel that way, Tibbs? He does. But yeah. speaking of which, mm-hmm. his Dukes mm. playing a pretty good mid-major uh, schedule there. All right, lay it they on. Go to, they go to Hampton. Okay. They have Coppin State, Buffalo, Howard, and at Long Island. Okay. No Queens this year? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They still they're still working on their schedule quite a bit, so yeah. we'll see. Okay. I'm also I'm really looking forward to the uh, Sun Belt Mac Challenge. That mm-hmm. I think that has to be is that this year. That's yeah, happening this that year. That begins. Right? Yeah. I am looking forward to that too. You know, I ne- didn't necessarily want to play the Mac, but I'm I'm actually getting really gung ho for playing the Mac. They play really good basketball. Yeah. You know, the Mac, Mac kind of gets like. They're secretly good at football. They're secretly good at basketball. Now I'm worried that the Mac is going to kick our ass. Is the Mac going to kick our ass, Shane? I don't think so. I mean, we'll see. We'll see where everybody ends up after the portal settles yeah. down. But I mean, I look at that too as you know the the Marshalls, the JMU's, the South Alabamas. They didn't get into the NIT last year. Yeah. This maybe is that opportunity where, you know, Marshall doesn't win the regular season and, you know, but they still have a really good season. They have an opportunity to go play, you know, the second highest ranked Mac team in February and get that win possibly that might just push you into the NIT if you're finishing second or third. You know, I think, that, I think that's a good point because I think – that once the Sun Belt hits conference play, or like really when all basketball starts hitting conference play, everybody starts getting into their silos. And the Sun Belt never got out of its silo during the conference play. So to break out and to play the Mac and the Mac to go and play the Sun Belt, I guess both conferences an opportunity to spread out the fan bases a little bit. And so you get these different fan bases seeing different teams. Maybe you get somebody talking about it. Maybe ESPN picks it up. And yeah, maybe we become what you promised, Shane. You promised this. We were going to be a multi-bid league. Someday, yeah. But I mean, (laughs) it's good though. This helps because, like I said, they're going to match them up in February. You don't, they're not going to know who they're playing in February until like a couple weeks before and they're going to match them up based on the net ranking. So one versus one, two versus two, down through. Doing net rankings. Yeah. So those top teams actually have a legit chance to get a little bit of a boot, get that quality win, like, you know, tier one, tier two victory that they uh, might not get on the schedule otherwise. See, I thought they were just getting out the old bingo wheel and just randomly selecting. No, No, it starts out the November games are going to be based on last year's net with, I think maybe with some like, you know, wiggle room depending on travel and schedules and things like that but um then in february there's going to be a second round of max sunbelt challenge games and that's going to be based on the february net rankings mm, that's good so, yeah so i mean it's a, a legit chance for two quality non-conference games even if you know the casual fan might not think much of marshall kent state or whatever it ends up being but like that's mm-hmm. potentially one of those games that's a really good resume game. You see, Tibbs, this is why it's so valuable to have Shane on the show. 
because he's there with the scoops, not just with the scoops, though, but with comprehensive understanding of what is going on in the Sun Belt. So to add to all that, next week, yeah, administrators, ADs will be headed to Destin, Florida for the annual Sun Belt Conference meetings. Hmm. If you're sitting in that room, yeah. what do you see as the big issues facing the conference for the 2023 upcoming season? Hmm. Well, all right, all right. Is expansion off the table? I mean, we expanded already, but is the future pointing to super conferences? And if so, should we as a conference already be scouting people to poach? I don't think expansion is ever off the table now. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if if the right team comes knocking, yeah. Say SMU just decides they don't want to be ah. an American. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're scooping them up. If Kent State comes, yeah. you're probably a better fit where where where, where you're at. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I think that expansion is always going to be a topic of discussion. I asked this though. Instead of expansion, is the booting of teams on the agenda as well? The booting, you're talking about subtraction. Yeah. Huh. Are well, we too fat? <laughs> are we too fat? I think that gets tough to have that conversation because, you know, are you going to like suggest that to uh, one of the people in the room that maybe, maybe you need to go? <laughs> if what you're do you think? AD? Like, uh, I don't know. I think that's a tough conversation to have. But Well, I think we've had it a couple times, like with Idaho, like with yeah. UALR. A little, like, that's a little yeah. different. I don't know. Like when you've worked so hard to get like 14 football schools that like kind of fit the region. Uh, let me tell you something. I do know for a fact, UA Little Rock was not, did not see this coming. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're in the Sun Belt. This is really fun. You know, we're just one of those wacky Sun Belt teams. And I was like, what? It was like the girlfriend coming home from a long weekend and saying, we got to talk. That's what happened yeah. with the ALR. Isn't that how old school started, by the way? <laughs> was it old school? I was thinking, uh, well, the one with Jason Siegel, uh, where he ends up going to Hawaii. But anyway, yes, yeah, sure, old school too. Yeah. So basically, every movie from like 2003 to 2000. Seven, like started that way. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Absolutely, it was it was a basic plot device for movies in the early zeros for that to happen. That's what happened to UA Little Rock. That's what happened to Idaho. That's what happened to New Mexico State. I mean, that's that's what we had to do. We had to subtract. We had to say we had to get rid of you guys. Sorry, you guys were so, it was fun while it lasted, but we're moving on. But who I would think we in addition What's that? Who do we subtract now? Arkansas State, of course. I mean, <laughs> well, we if, have... if you if if you don't play softball, you're not in. You're not in the club. <laughs> you know what? That would you know what you would be in your rights. You know, if 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 we're a program that can't you know put up or shut up on certain programs, if we are are sitting there embarrassing the conference by saying, "Well, we can't even have a a a a beach volleyball program." Then yeah, maybe 
maybe we should be realigned maybe we should be joining the southland where where maybe we could compete yeah i think that would be fair god i get so tired of that conversation but that's a whole nother rant to go <laughs> off on in addition to membership though i yep. think the other big topic is really just expanding the media rights right so mm. we already have a lot of schools that are broadcasting all of their home games yeah. but is this where it's kind of a mandate that it's not just your conference schedule, but everything has to be on the plus platform. Well, isn't pretty much everything on the plus platform anyway, if it's not on like an ACC network or, you know, big Ten. I, I know at ULM, it was, it was conference games only. Oh, you know, at least for, at least for baseball and soccer. Oh, you know, not... I was just talking about football, but you're okay. Oh, well, football, yeah, everything's okay. going to be televised right. one place yeah. or another because you look at even your your, your money games. You're going to be on the SEC yeah. network, the Longhorn okay. network, whatever, Big Ten. There, there were some football games this year for the Sun Belt. I can't remember which teams that, like Georgia State or somebody was in like a couple games where they weren't broadcast anywhere and you couldn't figure out why. But uh, yeah, okay. You're right about baseball. I mean, we can get any of those non-con games before the 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 before the uh, uh, conference games started. So yeah, maybe that you're right. Maybe they're going to talk about, hey, let's expand this. Let's get things going. I guess it would it would would wouldn't it be predicated on how well viewership though was during those conference games. I mean, when you have to look at those numbers and say, okay, I think we can sell this to, to ESPN as something that's worthwhile. I think ESPN, the deal is that there's like a certain percentage of the games outside of football and basketball that have to be on. And then it's kind of up to the schools to decide how they're going to meet that requirement of the percentage. Hmm. Um and I know, like, one thing that's changing at JMU fairly soon is the ability to stream two events happening at the same time or even on the same day. Oh. Because they've had some times where – I'll go back to, like, a, a couple months ago. Um, the lacrosse team, the nationally ranked lacrosse team, is playing at the same time as game two of Louisiana JMU softball happening across campus from each other and Louisiana you know, the raging Cajuns love their softball and you know they bring a whole radio crew to broadcast in Harrisonburg um, they travel with an SID not everybody travels with an SID for softball um, so there's a lot of people in the press box from Louisiana and they're kind of trying to figure out like you're seriously not going to broadcast you're not going to stream the Saturday game and like well they can only do one game at a time so they're going to do Friday Sunday softball and lacrosse on on Saturday, what they're working on at JMU though is having a control center inside the arena where that's the hub for everything. Then they'll be able to continue to use right, right now they broadcast out of a van. Oh, yeah, out of you know, it's a you know, they have the you know, producers control yeah. center in a van that they drive up to whatever stadium they're playing in, yeah, almost like a TV news crew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's where the broadcast comes from. Mm -hmm. By next fall, they'll be able to do one broadcast with the producer sitting in the arena. 
And then if they need to do a second broadcast the same day um, or at the same time, they can drive that van out there. So maybe it's a volleyball match going on at this, you know, that ends an hour before the football game begins. Mm-hmm. They'll still be able to stream both of those at the same time, essentially. Yeah, um, I think it, which they don't have the capable capability of doing right now. And I don't know if that's like on the table for like something that the whole conference needs to work on. Yeah, um, I think, I think well, some teams can and some teams can't at this point. Yeah, I think one one thing to hit on is I think a lot of people kind of think that ESPN brings you crews and stuff to broadcast these games. It's really up to the schools to have their own audiovisual uh uh capabilities. You know, Arkansas mm-hmm. State's lucky in that regard they have a a, a a broadcast school, you know. So they you know they they have the equipment, they have the ability, they have plenty of students who can like call a soccer game or call a you know a uh a uh, a volleyball game or whatever so we've been lucky in that regard i don't know how ulm is ulm and jmu sort of in the same boat in that way or yeah we we, we no longer have a, a, a rtf school yeah. and, and so we depend on a third-party contractor that actually comes in to do the broadcast yeah. jmu tends to have they've got two kind of full-time play-by-play type announcers that are there yeah. Um, for the ESPN broadcasts and then, you know, for football, they'll bring in, they'll actually pay, you know, a former player or yeah, uh, okay. an alum that maybe is in the business or something to come in and like be on the football broadcast or the occasional basketball broadcast. They'll pay money for that. For other sports, it tends to be yeah, a student who maybe comes in to do the color commentary and definitely students that are holding boom mics and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Like, um, it's a good learning opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was watching a broadcast of a Arkansas State soccer versus University of Arkansas soccer. It was being played at Arkansas State. So Arkansas State was doing the broadcast. And you can tell they had two students um doing the uh the the commentary. And they had one girl, the, the girl, you could tell that she knew soccer, like maybe she was a, a former soccer player herself. So she really understood the game. But the guy knew nothing. <laughs> so his whole thing was, wow, that was a high kick. Oh, that was a high kick, too. Like the whole time, he was just commenting on how high the kicks were. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the, his partner was just like, okay, well, hear what they're trying to do. They're trying to set it up a play. <laughs> You know, just trying to explain what was going on. And meanwhile, he'd be like, wow, that was a pretty high kick. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of nice when you can get some professionals. But, uh, yeah. But hey, I, did you notice that ESPN was doing stuff too last year at football games where they were doing remote broadcasts? Like they look like they're they're their announcers were like in a divorced dad's apartment, just kind of spare and not there at all. And you're, you could tell, because we were playing, uh, Arkansas State was playing Old Dominion, and they kept talking about a certain player for Arkansas State, how great he was, how he's going to really take over, how how Old Dominion need to watch him. Well, that guy had been injured for like two weeks. He hadn't played in forever. They, kept, they couldn't figure out why he wasn't out there. So uh, do you feel like maybe that's going to be kind of a wave of the future, too? You're talking about producing from a van. Could you, could you do remote? remotely now just have a monitor yeah i probably to some degree i i mean i think when when you're doing these espn plus broadcasts that are 
local to begin with and you have your people on campus one thing but yeah it's not uncommon for espn if they're doing it linear to not send somebody i there's a guy here locally lives very close to me actually named dan bonner you may have heard of on espn um, doing college basketball games he does a lot of them from his house right now (laughs) (laughs) like yeah so i mean you're not supposed to know. Yeah, I mean, for, he's a former Virginia basketball <laughs> star. And, like, yeah, I mean, he's got a studio in his house, basically, where, like, you know, they don't send him to – they don't send him to Wichita State or whatever to, like, broadcast that game. Like, it's uh, – uh, what That's horrible. I hate that. Because yeah, I, I know. It is, it's tough, but – Yeah, because you're just seeing – they're just seeing the same things you are. And you're like, well, yeah, I, I, I can get that. What else yeah. have we got, Tibbs? I mean, I've got bowling news. Well, I mean, oh, please. go back to Roll the original question real quick. Oh, what was yeah. that? If you go about what they're going to talk about at the meetings. Oh, yeah. I think, I think we talked about two big ones. I think the other okay. one that will definitely come up is bull tie-ins. Keith Gill has been pretty obvious or pretty you know, open about, like, he wants better bull tie-ins and to have seven seven guaranteed bull spots um, with 14 teams. And I would imagine that will be a big part of the meetings this week when they get down oh, there, too. Shane, what do you mean by better tie-ins i don't i mean i think they probably i don't know, conference usa right now probably has better bowl games than the sunbelt don't they I, I that's what i was wondering i mean the what, american does i mean in the, that conference is when cincinnati and ucf and houston bail it's not going to be yeah i mean we it's not going to be like necessarily legitimately in you know would you rather watch appalachian state or UTSA like in a bowl game I don't nationally well, speaking okay. I guess I don't think I like, guess what I'm saying is yeah I agree that we do seem to have a lot of Sunbelt versus Mac matchups they which, still have the bowl games from when the Sunbelt was a joke and the Sunbelt's not a joke anymore I mean yeah, to be yeah. honest, I mean, frankly I want like, I want better matchups with peer conferences like the Mountain West like American and wouldn't it be nice you know maybe every now and then to get into something that's bigger yeah. than but yeah, but yeah. yeah, it does need some more diversity. And, and it, while you're looking at bowls, though, I mean, what are you talking about? Where 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 are you wanting to go, Shane? It's not even so much about where I want to go. And I mean, I'm sure they'd like to have better ones. But Keith also has talked about needing to have guaranteed spots for seven teams if seven teams qualify. You know, he wants it for half the conference to be able to go to a bowl game if they win six games and um, I think that even just getting like the seventh, sixth, and seventh guaranteed spots is a big deal. And then if you could, like, yeah, get to where you're playing a couple more against the American and the Mountain West, that's great too. Well, we know that if any guy can do it, it's Keith Gill, which Keith Gill wasn't always my favorite guy. I thought he was too quiet. I thought he was sort of almost like an absentee commissioner. I didn't realize how deep behind the scenes he really was. So I have every faith, every confidence that Keith Gill can do that for us. He does. I I worry, and and, and maybe I'm a little biased, and, and, and somebody will, will call me out, I'm sure. I don't want the Independence Bowl to be one of our bowl tie-ins. I, I don't think that that's a, a destination that would really excite the fan bases or really excite the teams to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would much rather have the first responders bowl that is in uh, Dallas or Fort mm-hmm. Worth. 
I would much rather have the Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas, or one of those type, even the Sun Bowl, mm-hmm. or whatever it is now out in El Paso. You know, here's another thing too: is that yeah, you know, I'm based in Arkansas, so we don't have like like bowl games in Arkansas. So it, oh. it, it must be a huge bummer to be like uh, the Cajuns. And then they end up like at the uh, at the uh, New Orleans Bowl. It's like, oh, okay, we, we're just going to go down the street. That's great. Or like the 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 bowl games that are in uh, in uh, near Conway at uh, Myrtle Beach. That must be a real bummer if you know, like if if the Chanticleers get that. So it would be nice to have a little more Tony locations, right? Why doesn't Little Rock have a bowl game? Oh, stadium. Like the weather's good in December, right? Like I'll give you a hundred percent reason why. Okay. It's the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, okay. Get this. So <laughs> several years ago, there was a big push for little rock to get a bowl game. Cause they have the stadium war Memorial stadium where university of Arkansas plays about once a year. It's a big stadium. Uh, and they used to play half their games every year. Uh, back when Fayetteville was was backwater, uh, they would come down to to Little Rock to play about half their games. So it's a good stadium, and there are plenty of hotels and infrastructure to host a bowl game. It just seemed obvious. All these smaller bowls, I mean Birmingham and all these other places are getting bowl games. We should do this. So we had this big push, and it, it was going along great. And it was like it was it was almost like we just need to sign the contract with ESPN and get it done. Then this <laughs> columnist, this columnist from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who's a really big Razorback homer, writes this column about how embarrassing it would be for Little Rock to host a, a smaller bowl and the stadium wouldn't be full. And it would just, it would just be like, it would take the thunder away from the University of Arkansas, which is that's really the biggest game in town anyway. Why would we want to take any spotlight away from our flagship team to host some sort of second tier bowl game? And they published that column and that was it. That killed the whole thing. What what spotlight are you taking away from them on like a random Nothing. December December seventeenth or whatever, like they play it on. Like the city is is completely empty in December. They would love to fill the hotels. They would love to fill the restaurants. They would love to have a stadium that's one quarter capacity full, or or whatever it is, because it's completely empty at that time. It that's wouldn't like, make any sense at all. That's it's, like the shots wanting to boot the Myrtle Bowl out. Yes. Why? <laughs> why would you want to do that? It was just crazy. What is it as it was happening? I was like, "What are we doing?" It'd be like if Clemson wanted to boot the Myrtle Beach Bowl out. What do they care? I mean, like it's ridiculous. Like it was completely ridiculous. I think that's how the Camellia Bowl ended up being the Camellia Bowl. Is that the the interest moved that way? I was like, I couldn't believe it. And the people who are putting it behind, like, what the fuck, Wally Hall? What the hell are you doing? Because then people like, oh well, we. Yeah, you're right. We wouldn't want TV cameras to show empty seats at fucking War Memorial Stadium. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, because it ruins Memphis and Birmingham and Shreveport and Mobile and every other city in the South. But like every other city in the South in wintertime would welcome yeah. this, but not Little Rock. Oh my God. You know, we used to have a bowl game, was the refrigerator bowl back in uh, the 50s, but we don't have that anymore. But still, yeah, so don't get me started on that. It makes me really angry every time I think about it. Uh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want, I don't want to live angry, Shane. And you've really opened up a wound for me there. I apologize. I didn't I didn't mean to hit you where it hurt. I was generally genuinely curious. Why <laughs> you're making me die. Ah, okay. All right. Shane, Jeremy, as you know, ULM competed in the NCAA regionals after winning the Sunbelt Conference in golf. It's also postseason time for softball. But more uh-huh. important than that. It's the Sunbelt Outdoor Championship game, or championship, I should say. Unfortunately, I guess his time on the show just was was too much. It was he, too he, physically he, exhausting. The, the intern Maxwell George joins us, and unfortunately, he is not at Coastal, having to pull out due to injury. Jeremy, what did you do to this guy? <laughs> I, you know, we had him doing too many coffee runs. You know, we treat him like the intern, and now he's paying the terrible price. Maxwell, I am so sorry. How did you get this injury? Uh, uh, too many coffee runs, too many uh, donut runs, and the next thing you know, I, I couldn't run the way I used to. And then, because, you know, when you go on the donut and the coffee runs, you grab one yourself. So, over time, the, the hip flexor gave out, and it was just end of season, end of track career for me, so. Now, now, first of all, how do you treat an injury like that? Do you just, is it just time or is there some sort of thing you can do? So it, it's generally time, but when, for like a person like me, like I, I have a high pain tolerance. So like, I'm really, do, I, I'm willing to work with it. And when I was at the Auburn meet, I was, I was generally hurt, but like, I, I didn't want to face the facts. And so I was just working through it, working through it. And then it got to a point where you, you, you can, there's a high pain tolerance. And then there's also treatment that you can do along with, with dealing with the injury itself. Like if you have a nagging hamstring or shin, uh, shin splints and things like that, you can deal with those. You just get treatment to supplement the pain and things like that from day to day. And so I was doing that and just, it simply just wasn't getting better. I was getting cupping and massaging and, and things like that. And, and it, it, it just wasn't getting better. So. Well, we're sorry to hear about that, Maxwell, but you, you've said now that you're, you're kind of retired Yes. How does it feel making that transition from from you know college athlete to now, just sort of slowing it down? You know, over the past couple, like I, I graduate tomorrow, actually. Yeah, so, <laughs> ultimate race. <laughs> that is ultimate race. So I, I've won. I have I have zero collegiate track wins, but that is my one win: winning college, graduating. But uh, I I do feel a gap. I was talking with some of my teammates the other day. It's just like you get in a routine for the last what four years that. You, you have practice at the same time for the last four years. You get up, you you go to yoga, you go to stretching out, you go to treatment, you go to to weights. And it's just like those times of the day, it's like I, I'll wake or I'll be like sitting in my bed. And it's like, oh, wait, I need I have something to do. And then it's like, well, no, I don't. Like the other day during that time period, I actually I went out to 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 to, to talk to my teammates just to get see what their mindset was before conference, of course. And then um, and then eventually, I mean, like. That's how it's you just feel that time with kind of just finishing up your semester of school. But it's 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 a weird gap. It's a weird transition. Thankfully, like it was this didn't happen during my junior year or sophomore year. This happened in my senior year. So 
I have a, a new life to enter to and a new chapter to begin. Well, a little bit of advice. Um, you know, it's probably going to be tempting to uh, start uh, slacking off a little bit here, but you know, uh, you're entering the real world in amazing shape. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't let it go. I, I made that mistake in my past life. So, uh, you know, keep, keep advantage of uh, being, uh, being an athlete and having that uh, in your pocket as you kind of enter the real world. Ma uh, Maxwell, don't listen to Shay. Here is my advice to you. Get fat. Just get like put on about 200 pounds. Eat everything you want. Live, man. Now is the time to live. Cheetos, Fritos, Pringles, Ruffles, everything that you've always wanted to eat. It's at your disposal, man. Now, someday you're going to be 40 and out of shape and <laughs> maybe speaking from experience uh, and wonder what happened to that guy with no body fat and why I didn't take advantage of the, those younger days. So I, I, I will say over the last two weeks, three weeks, I, I have been enjoying myself a little bit, eating, eating a couple more meals than I used to, eating, getting maybe two sides instead of one. Um, but it's, it's definitely been, it's just different, but thankfully, uh, I am going into the army. So there, there is weight and, and height requirements and, and body fat requirements. So, um, I do have to keep to that thankfully. So that will keep me kind of away from that. Um, that kind of, you see some people after they get done with their athletic career, it happens to them, but thankfully the United States army will keep me in line in that shape. That's my, that's my excuse too, is, is when I realized I was no longer a student athlete. Um, I just let it all go, Jeremy. <laughs> so you need to join the military and get in shape. <laughs> uh, they will not let somebody as, as elder as myself into the military. So the Sun Belt is having its, you know, the outdoor championships. You're not with your team, but are you thinking about your brothers and sisters right now from Troy competing? Absolutely. Uh, at dinner tonight, I was literally, I didn't talk to any of my friends. I was watching my teammates compete. Like um, it's when, when you, when you've been, when you've been with those people for so long, especially the past four years and you, and, 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 and they know like what, who I am on that team. And they, they know that I might not be the best person athletically and the, the fastest guy on the team, but I, I am a leader on that team. And I'm a person that they all come and talk to for advice and things like that. And, when those are guys that you've poured into and guys and girls we've poured into mentally and uh, spiritually and things like that. It's like you, you, you're rooting for them. You're, you're their number one fan. And um, like the next, like tomorrow, I'm glad graduation's not, or I, I'm glad they don't compete in the morning because I'll have my phone out watching those uh, guys and girls compete because like, I, if, if I can't be out there competing with them, I'm their biggest fan. And that's how it's been the entire time. And that's how really everybody is. And so, it's very, uh, it's a two-way street because they're the same way back to me. They're supportive on, they know I'm not maybe necessarily the best athletically, but they're very supportive on me with the the military things and the, and the leadership things I've been able to be successful in as well. Three, four years at Troy. What's been the biggest change you've seen there uh, in lower Alabama in your time? I, I think, so obviously my freshman year was COVID. That kind of dates me a little bit to somebody, <laughs> to the freshman. It's like, he's an old guy. He was here when or COVID happened, but. Um, I think really just we, after COVID things kind of changed a little bit, obviously, and people didn't want to kind of like have that family atmosphere. You didn't get to hang out with people as much. And I think over the last couple, like the last year or so, I think you've seen a lot of people want to have that kind of family environment, that friendship again, that, that Troy really sells. We, we, we sell the, the, the kind of slogan one Troy and we're a Trojan family and, I think we got away from that a little bit. I, I honestly, I think football helped that a little bit. 
Because when, <laughs> when, when we were on the field tearing down goalposts and rushing the field, no one, no one could tell us anything. We, we didn't think one second about, oh, Kobe, this, that, no. They were like, we are one. We're one Troy. We're, we're united in one and Cardinal and, and or white, whatever our colors are. But it was, it's, 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 it's things like that. That's like, that's, that's changed again. It's like when I came in 2019, they, they said our freshman class was the wildest one to come through in a very long time. And then COVID kind of shut everything out between then and there. And when we got to this year, it was like, we had new coaches, new things like that. And it was really good to see just kind of everything come back full circle. Cause I mean, that was the expectation that we had because in 2018, we had Neil Brown. We're doing good in football. And then we're like, okay, 2019, Chip Lindsay, we're just going to do it again. And then, unfortunately, (laughs) that that did not happen. It did not happen a year after or the year after that. And so I think think once we had that realization of just like Troy's a a force to be reckoned with when we're good, and I don't think anybody should ever – over or under underestimate us in any situation. I I think if you put us in the right situation anytime, I like I like us every time. And I think once we all started realizing that, especially when we got in some of those big stages of bowl games and championship games, I think we all kind of it all started clicking for it. Not just the football team, the basketball teams, the baseball teams. I mean, look at Shane Lewis right now and guys like that. It's just like I think we all get it now that that Troy is a place to be reckoned with and that we're we're a, a top group of five team in the country. I just hope that when we get another NIL intern, whatever we want to call them, that they're as good as Maxwell and give us the good insight. Although in in case you missed it, he hadn't even walked across the stage, hasn't gotten his diploma and already forgets about Troy. He's like, yeah, whatever colors they are. And and (laughs) yeah, that, that, that place. But we have to admit Maxwell has been our very best NIL deal that we've ever had at Fun Belt Podcast. Am I right? That is correct. And one one elite. And this is an experience, Maxwell, that you need to take with you to the military and, and, and bring it and, and, and put it to bear to the defense of this country. I applaud you for your service. And I thank you for being our very first NIL uh, 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 student athlete. I thank y'all. I know there's been some times I've, I've missed a couple. I've had a lot going on over the last couple of months, but I think it's been a, it's been a, every time I, I am able to come along, it's, I love when y'all guys give me a hard time and I, I love chatting with you guys and I, it's been a real privilege. Best wishes there in your military career and uh, don't be a stranger. Definitely hit us up on the Twitter anytime and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank y'all. I will definitely. And uh, thank you for this opportunity again. Thank you, Maxwell. Thanks, Maxwell. Thank y'all. Shane, you're not there quite yet, but Jeremy and I know this feeling so well. Yes. Raising little Maxwell, he's all grown up, going out into the real world, going off to service. <laughs> it's been a great time having him on the show. But it's it's also time for plugs, promos, parting shots. Jeremy, what, what do you have for us? Yeah, you know what? I I was thinking about this this Bob Huggins thing. Did you hear about this, Bob Huggins? Yes. You, okay. I'm going to tie it in with with another thing that that came up tonight on Twitter. Somebody had posted something about Ted Lasso that the season wasn't very good. I've been watching Ted Lasso since its its beginnings. I enjoy Ted Lasso, and the reason why I enjoy Ted Lasso 
is because it's it's one of these shows that presupposes that people are going to make thoughtful and correct decisions. And when they make those thoughtful and correct decisions, things turn out okay. And that's really not realistic. It's not something that happens in real life. I don't care. It's just kind of nice that we have a show that does that, as opposed to everything being a train wreck all the time, and we're living in crisis, and people make dumb and selfish decisions that destroys everyone around them. People like watch this succession show. I don't know how people watch it. It would stress me out. This show doesn't stress me out at all. It's just people say, well, you know, it's not, it's too too far away from real life. I say I wish real life was too far away from real life. And that brings me back to Bob Huggins. I don't know if you've heard this, the, the what he had said on his little radio show he went on. It was really dumb as a bunch of chuckleheads bringing on Bob Huggins, who's also a chucklehead. They decided to do a little locker room talk. Ha ha ha. Dropped a few, uh, uh, I don't know, it's a few bad words on a group of people and made some disparaging remarks about Catholic, which is fine. I'm Catholic. I've heard it all. I don't care. It didn't offend me. It was still a little irritating. But then, you know, he talks about another group of people in a very disparaging way. And I'm thinking, Bob Huggins, you're supposed to be a leader of men. People send their sons to you, Bob Huggins. Not just to teach them basketball, which you get paid, what, $3 million, $4 million a year for. Not just to teach them basketball, but how to teach boys to become men. And you're sitting out here with these chuckleheads, talking like you're 15, in a locker room, a bunch of guys, and you haven't grown up at all. And you're 60 years old, man. You're 60 years old and you're talking like this. But I do want to say congratulations to Bob Huggins. Hey, congratulations, man. You got away with it. You have to lose a million dollars from your salary, and you have to take some sensitivity training. If I said that in my place of work, hey, I get fired for that. So congratulations to Bob Huggins for being a big baby, a big bully, and getting away with it. And that's my, uh, what is that? That's not a plug or a promo. It's a pontification. That's a parting shot. Oh, yeah. Okay. A parting shot and a pontification. Mm-hmm. Shane, what, what can you do to top that? I can't. Oh, I cannot. I, yes, but I respect what Jeremy just said there. And yeah, oh, thank you. You know, Bob Huggins, he, he's, I'll, I'll agree. He's, he's getting off pretty lightly with this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, not everybody, world's not fair. Not everybody would suffer the same, uh, consequences or lack thereof and it's uh i guess if you're a hall of fame basketball coach you could just do what you want right if yeah. it was you and me shane shane if you said that you'd be not working for the 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 daily news record anymore i would not no <laughs> i mean i guess i'll just you know sort of a tie-in parting shot is yeah it was chuckleheads doing their thing on the radio not taking life too seriously which if any three guys can appreciate, you know, but we somehow managed to uh, get through. I've been on the show for a year now, right? Yeah. Um, we've somehow managed to, you know, have our fun and not things, take things too seriously without saying anything disparaging against, you know. We don't a, degrade anybody. Yes. 
we're just fun loving guys and and so you know hard to kind of express what i'm trying to say but like to to, when people want to chalk it up to a locker room talk or not taking things too seriously things like that like there's most of the world has moved beyond that you know not to say we'll never make a mistake on this show i'm sure i've made people mad we joke about me making people mad but like you do oh man shane you make people mad all the time but you know just let's be (laughs) let's be good to each other you can have a good time and still be good to each other you're not mean-spirited you just put down some facts and some people don't like the facts get that yeah and on that note Mm -hmm. shane you can always appreciate a good headline Headline from Louisiana News. The most deadliest creature on earth is now active in Louisiana. Oh, God, what is it? Apparently, the boot is home to at least 64 species of mosquitoes, and they're all out looking for food just like you. Welcome to the I, 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 I couldn't bring myself to read any further into that article. And, and, and so I am scared. I, I have left the state. I will not be going back for Christmas. May God have mercy on all of our souls. <laughs> Let me ask They're you. They're still this. doing Zoom for uh, Sunbelt Media Day, correct? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Let me ask you this, guys. Are you, I, I think Shane is familiar with this. I'm not sure if Tibbs is. Do you know what a house centipede is? Uh, I, 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 I don't know if I want to know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, like, I became acquainted the, with these in Knoxville, you know, a little bit further east, where I'm told that they kind of are more popular. But they're, like, they've got these long, slender bodies, and then, like, a hundred of these really long, like, almost like daddy long leg legs. And they kind of look like a mustache. So you might see them on the wall or something like, ah, and they go real fast. And one of the reasons why I left Knoxville was to get away from these things because they scare the hell out of me. Saw one in my house the other night, pretended I didn't see it, and then had my wife located and kill it. (laughs) That's why we're proud of you, Jeremy. Jeremy.